This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Apurva Pradhan from Everest Labs. He is the head of product. How are you, sir? Great. Thanks for having me on, Corey. It's good to chat with you. Look forward to the discussion. Oh, man. For the people listening, Pradhan has this beautiful background behind him with light shining through. And it's like, like a halo. And it's, it's such a nice change from the rain of recent. So this is very exciting. And it's great to see you in this light. But let's talk about your background. What got you to where you are today? Great. Yeah. So like you said, I head up products for a company called Everest Labs. We are a quote-unquote startup in Silicon Valley. My role is to look after sort of the product direction and make sure that the company's sort of headed the right way where our customers are headed and the market is headed. So we work in recycling and sorting. And so it's important for us to stay connected with folks who are in sort of not just directly involved in recycling itself, but also sort of the adjacent industries like packaging and package goods, manufacturing, supply chain for circular economy. All of those things are important because they drive recycling companies. So we want to sort of stay ahead of those types of trends as well. So my job is really to sort of listen, understand, and bring feedback back into the company to, to figure out what we should be working on. That's excellent. It's not an easy task this whole concept of recycling and sorting in in the MRFs, the material recycling facilities. Can you tell us exactly what Everest Labs does and what your products do? Yeah, so in, in short, we have an AI and robotic solution that MRFs use to operate more intelligently their facilities as well as automate processes, right? Let's say operate more intelligently. Uh, MRFs are pretty much a big factory, if you can think of it like a big factory, without all the bells and whistles of a modern factory, right? They've got materials coming in. They're, they've got process steps where materials are being sorted, and then they exit as bales or go to landfill. And each of these, each of the steps in the process there, some kind of an industrial sorting system that's fairly... I guess because industrial in nature and not as accurate as it needs to be. So we install camera systems, 3D camera systems. We use AI to understand what's happening at each step of those processes to help them opt- optimize those processes. At the end of those processes, typically there's a person sorting out <laughs> things right. that those industrial sorting systems weren't able to get because there's a there's you need to sell bales with a certain level of purity. And those jobs are challenging. I think during COVID, it was actually a crisis. People weren't able to actually fill those jobs. Today, it's not a crisis as much, but it's still a problem, right? It's an aging workforce. It's hard jobs and it's hard to fill. Uh, People have to pay more and more money to people who are doing those jobs. So we help automate that by by installing industrial robotics in those systems. So that's essentially what Everest Labs does. But as in doing that, we capture a lot of data. 
and a lot of data. And we've got initiatives in the company to figure out, okay, how can we use this data to make not just the MRFs better, just mm-hmm. the mobile recycling industry and the circular economy better as well. So hopefully we get to talk about that a little bit. Yes, I definitely like to cover that topic as well. I want to talk about the whole supply chain of waste and why is automation and AI and what Everest Labs and you are doing so critical to the future of a successful and sustainable packaging world? Let's talk about why sorting materials is is so difficult today and what Everest Labs has done to make it at least somewhat easier for a material recycling facility. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think, why is it difficult? You kind of have to take a step back and say, like, what's the state of recycling today, right? Uh, I think the state of recycling today is where it is because of sort of many things. But I think the whole idea behind single stream recycling, which most places in the U.S. does, is there because it's what had worked for consumers' households. Throw everything everything in a single bin, don't worry about it, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Somebody else will take care of it. And usually taking care of it has fallen on the shoulders of, you know, what in the U.S. here we call MRFs, material recovery facilities, right? So they they collect these items and they sort them and put them back into the supply chain. That's that's sort of the thesis. Um, You know, I think recycling, if if you just say, hey, recycling is like two big broad buckets, like one is sorting and collecting and another is actually taking that material and reprocessing it to be virgin material. I think that latter part has had a lot of technological advancements, a lot of investments, companies with new chemistry, new physics, new industrial right. processes. And there's some great technology out there to recycle and use material. On the collection and sorting side, not so much, right? The investments in technology, modernization of infrastructure, that area just has not gotten that much focus. And MRFs, it's a very challenging business, right? It's a public partner, a public-private sort of a partnership. Uh, they're beholden mm-hmm. to contracts from municipalities, margins yep. thin. They have to meet certain thresholds for sort of how what the amount of recycled content comes out of those facilities, but also have to meet a margin, right? They can only afford to staff and buy so much modern technology and staff so much people. So they're really struggling with sort of the economics of collecting, sorting, putting materials back into the supply chain. And that's probably the reason why it's challenging. Not technology exists, processes exist, but you can't just go and rip and replace an existing MRF facility. It's a very expensive proposition. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, if I had to build a, a, a sorting facility from scratch, I could probably build a pretty good one. Um, <laughs> but there's already 400, 500 MRFs out there, you know, large to me- medium sized to large. If you count the small ones, there's probably like a thousand of them out there, but there's probably 400, 500 MRFs out there. And we got to work within that existing infrastructure, right? Right. And that's, I think, the philosophy that our founder, JD, who started Everest Labs, sort of, that was his philosophy as he went into this whole figuring out what is the technology needed for MRFs, not to sort of say, hey, let's come in here and kind of create a solution that is a big capital expense and it changes the entire system, but let's work within the current infrastructure. That's kind of... It's kind of, I think that's my long answer of why I think it's difficult to to sort materials in MERS. 
And very well said. Our consumers, like you and I, want recycling to be easy. And we want to have the ability to toss it in the blue bin and and not worry about it and hope and pray that it gets into the right MRF and it actually gets recycled. It's impressive that companies like yours are making that dream come true. But what I'm seeing is even more sorting coming in the future by consumers. Is Does that seem to be part of the potential solution to this? Do you mean sorting directly and at the homes and sort of so so definitely, I think moving upstream helps the process. We don't do much with consumers. We are looking at uh, we are working on solutions that are sort of still creators of recycling, but not homes, so businesses, large venues, yeah. stadiums, concert and event centers, multifamily properties where actually the recycling rate is terrible. What types of material is your equipment really good at sorting? Yeah, so there's the AI part of it, the identification part and the sorting part. So on the AI side, AI has gotten really good at this point. We have something like 30 classes of objects, material classes that we (laughs) detect. The material classes may be something like PET or HDPE or LDPE. And then under that, there's sort of subclasses, right? So there's colored HDPE or natural HDP, or there might be PT bottles or thermoform, there might be Tetra Pak and all the different classes of Tetra Pak. And it's all in all, there's about 100 or so classes of packaging that we can detect with like over 90% accuracy, times over 95% accuracy. So the AI is really good. On the robotics side, it's really good at containers, bottles, containers, those are sort of, we, we in our solutions, we actually guarantee success. So one of the things with robotics in sorting facilities and recycling is there's a, there's a hurdle that we have to kind of get past around trusting robotics. Yeah. And it's a new technology for a lot of these facilities. And mm. um, you, we're asking these operators to take a leap of faith that a robot and AI that they know nothing about is going to do a job that of a person that they have 20 years managing right mm-hmm. have a, a workforce that they have a lot of experience managing training kind of hiring things like that so so we've had to sort of face that head on and the way one of one of the ways that we do that is through performance guarantees so basically we guarantee that we can pick a certain number of objects over over a certain number of objects and we guarantee a success percentage of 80 percent in the picking which is the highest in the industry it's impressive so, Wow. So if AI detects something, and the robot will at least eight out of 10 times pick it. And typical number is about 90, 93%. But we sort of put a floor at 80 saying we'll guarantee that. So, so th- yeah, the robotics are getting pretty good. I know obviously there's limitations. I mean, robotics can't go into these you know, the, the robotics, the current implementations of robotics mm-hmm. to picking bowling balls and uh, <laughs> ribs and things, all of these things that come in to sort of pre-sort. Someday, line. someday, someday. Yeah. someday. <laughs> on on the, what they call QC, after a sorting equipment, the robotics have gotten pretty good. Exciting to hear because I know that the MRFs have been really needing this for a long time. So well done to you and your team. I know when we talked before about this interview, your team mentioned consumer product group brands wanting data from you as to what 
what percentage is or what information can you supply to them about their packaging and how much of it's actually getting recycled. Can you tell us about that? That's exciting. Yeah, this is a capability that we've been working on. We're really excited to roll this out and we'll be rolling this out towards the later part of this year. We've been working on sort of improving and demonstrating this at the moment. We've gotten really good at detecting brands in packaging and that's not an easy task, right? Once a, a package goes through all the different equipment at the end of that that line, the brand labels and things like that may or may not be visible. So there's a lot of sort of development that we've had to do to be able to detect brands. I mean, brand brands have dozens and dozens of different packaging, depending on where they're selling it. Over time, these packaging evolve. So we got to keep a good base of what's happening with, with the, on the packaging side of things. And then how do we track that? How do we categorize, track that and detect that when it comes out into a MRF? So we've gotten really good at that. And there's sort of the easy things that you can do with that. And there's sort of the more not so not so easy and not so, I guess, obvious things that we can do <laughs> like that. Right. Um, like the easy things that we can do with that is we can obviously help brands recover more of their packaging right, and provide them the data aggregated mm-hmm. at a MRF, at a regional, at a sort of a national level, what we're seeing in the MRFs that we're installed mm-hmm. in and to get extrapolate that data. So that's the obvious thing we can do. The less obvious things that we can do, and I think some of the critical things that that the CPG brands themselves are sort of figuring out how to do is on around education, right? So so a lot a lot almost every packaged goods manufacturer have some form of a recyclability initiative, whether it's using more recycle content or making their packaging more recyclable. A lot of times it's changing the behavior of the consumer to recycle those things. That's the hard part, not the designing of those packaging, right? And oftentimes, like if you take an example of you buy coffee in a little coffee bag or buy toothpaste in a toothpaste tube, like you, you and I are not throwing that into the recycling bin. We're throwing that into the trash. So the I think that brands are sort of waking up to the fact that, hey, we need to educate people on if we're going to redesign packaging, we need to educate them and at least putting it into the right bin. That's so yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. And, if they're, and if they're investing a lot of money in the packaging they, and if they want this program to succeed, they better invest in the education part of it as well. And we can provide the data to help them understand if that education is going well or not, right? So we can mm. do you know, before and after studies on how much of that is showing up on MRFs where those packaging are actually ending up once they go into side of MRF, because that's the other thing is I talked about existing infrastructure. The existing infrastructure of MRFs is not equipped to handle small packaging or or kind of nuanced packaging. And so we right. kind of we can also tell them, hey, your packaging showed up here and it actually ended up here in a MRF. This is so so they can do a lot of sort of experimentation with design mm-hmm. and things like that. So there's a lot of sort of not so obvious information that we can provide with the data, not just sort of capturing it at the end of it, which is pretty exciting. That sounds incredibly valuable to to a brand, to a packaging company maybe as well, because they're able to say, well, this isn't very recyclable. It's not easy to make it through the MRF, even with these incredible automation, automated machines. Yeah. What do you see in the future for, for Everest Labs that you're really excited about? Yeah, I mean, I, our be- bread and butter is getting more and more penetration at the MRFs. So we're doing that. We're 
sort of quiet, quietly sort of winning a lot of facts and winning a lot of business with the MRF. So that's going great. Congratulations. Um, so we're, we're excited about continuing to doing that. We talk about empowering MRFs and that's kind of how we go about working with MRFs is to provide them the data and the automation that they need at price points that they can afford. Then really the next step that's exciting for us is to be able to provide some of this capability to not just sort of the CPG companies and the brands themselves, but sort of the industry partnerships, right? Right. There's industry coalitions and partnerships around various different containers and packaging types. And they're all trying to figure out what to do with the funding that they've received from their sort of the companies that they represent and how, mm. how they can help improve recycling. And we're excited to working with those types of organizations as well. Companies like the Can Institute or the Container Research Institute, all these guys have money to try to figure out how to make recycling of their specific packaging better. Right. Uh, I don't think any of them have really figured it out because one of the things is they're all making sort of individual requests to these <laughs> facilities and yeah. uh, working with AI and robotics technologies that can sort of detect and sort the various pa- different types of packaging together in one line. You know, right. Can be channeled into one technology, one initiative. And then at that point, it might make sense for a MRF to implement something like that, right? Because it's hard for a MRF to say, okay, I'm going to sit here and collect all the different, I don't know, what have you, Tetra Pack or right. um, some kind of aerosol can, because it'll take months to fill up a bale for them to do anything with, right? Mm-hmm. All of these organizations come together and make sort of a, a single sort of framework around what the MRFs can do with. The, AI and robotics technology, I think that helps move the, all of these organizations forward. So I think we're definitely excited about that. Definitely excited about the brand detection and all the data that we can capture around sort of the recyclability of different brands. And we're hoping to roll that out over the course of the year. So yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of exciting things happening here. Uh, but again, I think this industry's AI and robotics and recycling is still in its early stages. We, we haven't penetrated all the companies combined together haven't probably penetrated more than 10, 15% of what's possible out there. So we're still wow. in the early days. And as we get technologies more and more into these MRFs, the data play starts becoming more and more important. Yeah. Excellent points. I think you're exactly right. We need to understand that we're just getting started. Yeah. And oftentimes I'll get criticized for encouraging recycling. And I think that's a, it's a narrow mindset. And especially when we know what's going to happen in the future with recycling, it's going to get continue to get better and better. And those materials are going to be more and more valuable as we move forward with the onset of extended producer responsibility and the need for higher post-consumer recycled content. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I was at the Plastics Recycling Conference in D.C. Oh, yeah. Two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And... Uh, the general sentiment there is that high quality recycled content, the demand for that is just going up, right? And yeah. some of it driven by EPR, as you state, driven by the comics as well, right? And yeah. as demand for these materials go up, the prices go up and makes economics better. I mean, we I saw companies that were collecting high quality plastics from the US, shipping it to places like India. Yep. processing them there and sending it and shipping it back to the U.S. to sell to material packaging companies yeah. here. 
And there's enough money in the supply chain to do that right now. So the Crazy. demand for high quality material is there. And so I think what we're trying to do is help the MRFs make those quality of those materials better and better. Well, keep up the good work. We're impressed with it and thankful for it. What's the, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, probably email. My my email is my first name at everestlabs.ai. So it's a poor by A-P-U-R-B-A. Or if you just visit everestlabs.ai, we've got some great videos and just a lot of eye-catching robotics and AI in action. So take a look at that. But in there, you'll also find an email address, hello at Everest Labs, and that, that comes to me as well. Oh, nice. That's perfect. Well, thank you, sir. This has been really informative and frankly exciting for somebody like me that's, that's hopeful for a future where more and more materials get recycled. So well done. Thank you for your input and your wisdom. Awesome. Thanks, Corey. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having us on. And uh, good to see you in person. Yeah, you too. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this show. And stay tuned for more. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.